name of Jesus we have a chance to share the word of God we thank you for that honor and for that that you've counted us faithful putting us into the ministry we have nothing of ourselves to offer we don't want to offer anything of ourselves because it's defiled but we want to offer Christ who alone is sanctified pure and holy and because of what he has done then we can claim the same and so we pray today in the name of Jesus that we magnify him and honor him we walk humbly before you I ask that you speak through our mouth as the oracles of God to minister to your people. In the name of Jesus Christ, hide us behind the cross. Let him only and him only be seen. We'll give you all the honor and the glory for it in Jesus' name. All of God's people said? Amen. Amen. You may be seated, please. Got a lot of things working in my thinking. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I was trying to hear the exhortations that were coming forth by the Spirit of God because I want to make sure I'm following what he's wanting to say you know it's you can come in and say a lot of things and uh, preach old sermons that you've preached before different things and that may be right if God tells you to do that but he has something to say and I I've been listening to a, a, a older gentleman a man of God by the name of Burt Clendenin I don't know if any of you have ever heard of him out of Texas powerful man of God actually a marine ex-marine he's kind of a tough character and uh, he really speaking to ministers and I was well, just some things he was has been saying and I've been hearing that really has caused me to draw the string up a little tighter and try to get in a place where we'll be uh, you know exactly what the Lord wants because one of the things he was talking about and it's true a lot of times we go to that pulpit with all kinds of things that we've said before but not necessarily what God's saying he, you know God has things to say he wants to talk to us we got to hear what he's saying amen and, and I want to, as a man of God, you know, I, I, I was challenged by what he had to say to spend more time seeking the Lord, although I must admit, it's a long way from Illinois to New York. <laughs> and we are tired, I'll tell you that. I slept longer than I'm intending to do this morning. I woke up I woke up early, as I like to do, and get up and pray some. And uh, But uh, I just my flesh just overcame this morning, and I rolled back over that second wink, which is a little longer than what I intended for it to be. <laughs> So I'm really depending on that grace. <laughs> Amen today. Uh, I was thinking about something, just several things I need to do before I actually get where I'm going, wherever that may be. Uh, you know, I was thinking about the Lord and the thought of seeking the Lord. And I know there's scripture to this fact. The scripture says in Isaiah 55, 6, seek the Lord while he may be found. You know, that kind of tells you something. Now, I know that's Old Testament, and I know a lot of folks may challenge me on what I'm going to say. But uh, still, Jesus put the principle forth in the New Testament when he said seek and you shall find ask and shall be given seek and you shall find knock and be opened unto you uh, you know there's this there's sometimes well I'm going to I'm gonna say what he said just said the way he said it uh, uh, because I wrote it down didn't want to, I didn't want to forget it so I better look at it if I can find it in all this scribble it's not just in the seeking only but it's in the finding yeah, a lot of people seek you know, there's people seeking all over. And, and, and sometimes they don't know what they're looking for. And if they found it, they wouldn't have no idea what it is. You know, Jesus is like a treasure. And it's, sometimes it's buried. And he gives several parables about that and how that we're to seek for it. But it's not just in the seeking only. It's in the finding. Do you know 
that you cannot come to the Lord in repentance just anytime you want to, and that's New Testament. He has to give you repentance, especially people who are bound by the devil. He has to grant us that repentance. And when he speaks to us exhortively and gives us exhortations about, you know, seeking him and various things, then that's an invitation. It's not a thing that we, we should take lightly. We should reverence that. And if we need to seek God, you know, it's, I'll say it in my way. I'll say it the way I would say it. I tell people all the time, if you get a hold of God and get the door open and get in a room, start asking, boy. Because you're going to, because when you get the door open, it's time to ask. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, uh, you know, because sometimes, I don't know how you are, but I go through seasons and I've been going through one where it seems like the heavens are just brass. I know God hears me because his word says he does. But sometimes there's not that flow or that, you know, that intimate feeling, if you want to use that word. I don't like to use that word because God is more than that. You can't go by feeling. You, you, you'll, be, you'll go down the tube, friend, Amen. if you go by feeling. Amen. And so it's, you know, so if God is saying it, you missed your door because not everybody got in the ark. There's a lot of people wanted in it after the door closed, but it was one day too late. And when that water subsided, you didn't find nobody hanging in the trees. They were all gone. Yeah, right there. And so it's, it's very important. Uh, and, I, and I want to get that little point across to you because I think it's very vital that we don't miss those opportunities. Now, we can seek God, and, and you, I guess we could, there's always precedent for every kind of seeking. The scripture talks about a little woman who came to the unjust judge, and day and night she drove him nuts. I mean, he said, I'm not giving you anything because you deserve it. You're just getting on my nerves, and I'm going to give to you, get you out of my hair. So I suppose there is that way of coming to God and just pestering God until he does something. But you better make sure you hear what he's asking you, wanting you to ask, because you can ask for things you will wish later you never got. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, and, and it's very important. We've got to watch what we're doing about what we're asking for. Because, you know, in the Old Testament, the... the Israel asked for a king. God did not want them to have a king. And, and uh, so he, but they kept after it and God gave them one. And you know, Samuel being a prophet, and most prophets are like this, they take everything personal. <laughs> you know, they really do, especially when we even, we, if we don't watch out, we'll take places that don't belong to us. And that's what Samuel did. He, he, he said, I'm, uh, they rejected me. God said, it's not you. I hate to disappoint you. It's not you. It's me they're rejecting you're not the problem. Uh, but he felt it. You know, he was feeling the heart of God for sure. And that's a, that's, a, that's a good thing. But God said, let them have what they want. And you know, God is wonderful. Because he orchestrated it right around and got a king in there that was after his own heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Nobody like David. Glory to God, there's nobody like David. I like to pick up and read David. I read David just about every day. <laughs> Some time or another, I'll, I'll read a psalm because I need to be encouraged by the Lord. Now, uh, if it'll be all right, you all think I'll preach now. Amen. Praise God. Let's go to John chapter 5. Thank you. Hallelujah. Brother asked me here if I had double barrel, and I yes. said, I only got about a barrel and a half, and I'm not oh, sure about that. We <laughs> <laughs> appreciate uh, Pastor Roselli having us come in. To, we didn't know. We ourselves were real sure to just in the last couple of, just a week or so ago, we got it really definitely brought to the point to where we knew we were coming. We've been working on this thing way back since February, I think, but, and then it kind of just went lull. Next thing I know, I got an email and said, we'd like for you to be here on such and such a day. I said, but well, good thing I had a clear schedule. <laughs> you know, this, I, want to, I want to say this because there's a lot of things I'm going to say today, and I don't want nobody to, I don't want you to take it personal necessarily unless it's personal to you. You understand what I mean by that, what the Spirit of God does, because that's not our intent. 
but there's some scriptures that's been a real uh, I, I thought about these scriptures many many times and I, I, I'm going to tell you this right now that I know that I don't have the fullness of the revelation of what God wants me to, to say out of this because there's more in it I need to see but there's a lot of things that bothers me I, I can't help to be the way I am as a person it's just the way I'm made up if things that need to be corrected then I certainly want them corrected but the point is and I look at things sometimes I suppose I better define this this way. I, I don't, I'm glad now that I've moved that I cannot, I, I don't have cable TV. I have a TV. I have a couple of Macs, but I don't have cable TV, so I don't see a lot of things. The thing that causes me the most trouble sometimes is Christian TV. I believe there's a good side to it, but there's a side to it that just really grates on me. Especially when I see situations and even ministers sometimes who I believe are taking God's glory. And so that's kind of the thing that sparked this sermon. This, this is a new one, and this will be the third time this has been preached. So it's not a fresh revelation necessarily, even though there's some things God spoke to me this morning when I was praying that I believe he wants me to get to at some point. But uh, it's so, so because it's something I feel like is very important. The old-timers used to have a saying, he said, you better leave the three G's alone. Gals, the glory, and the gold. Talking to preachers, they're saying you preachers better leave the three G's alone, the gals, the glory, and the gold. Brother, I tell you what some of them wish they had. That's right. And, uh, and you know, it's, but the, and I suppose all of them are dangerous, but the one that's the most dangerous is to take the glory and the honor belongs to God alone. And, uh, you know, I don't know that I've ever done it. I'm, I can definitely say I've never done it intentionally because it would never be an intention in my heart to ever do anything like that. But at the same time, you know, you may, you just slip sometimes. You just don't think. You just go about it. And I try to be real sensitive. Sometimes, especially when God starts really using us in the gifts of the Spirit. And people begin to get their eyes up on you. You know, that's dangerous. And one fellow, I heard him preach this several years ago. He's dead now and going to be with the Lord. But he said, you better watch and learn how to censor praise and criticism. You know, there's criticism will come your way. Everybody don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear it. I, I tell the Lord, I say, I, I like to be corrected, but if you could do it easy, it'd be great. <laughs> If you can't, well, and you know, I'll, I'll take it and I won't like it. And I promise you, I won't like it, Jesus. I'll be mad about it, probably upset for a couple of days. But if you'll help me, I'll get through it and get on the other side of it and get straight down. Because, you know, I know that I make big mistakes sometimes. And, and I know it better than anybody in here today. I know how, how it is. Uh, I'm just flowing along. I'm so easy this morning. I, I almost feel ashamed that I don't have the preach on me. But I might get it. But uh, so that glory, you know, I, I just... When you start being used in the Spirit of God, people get their eyes on you. It's dangerous. People will praise you. It's dangerous. I tell you, if I had the brothers between the two, I'd rather just criticize me. You know what I'm saying to you? Because I don't have to deal with that other mess. I tell you, sometimes it's hard to sort it out. Because it's innate in every human being to be successful. We want to be successful. I've wrestled with that a thousand times over. God, how do I do the things that you want me to do without some measure of success? And how do I balance out getting success without getting over into a realm that's not right. And it's just been a tormenting thing to me over the years to how to do all of that and get it right because I want to be successful at what I do. I don't want to be just passing through life and never leave a mark. They're not going to remember me when I die and I don't care. Because you, I'm going to be shouting on the streets of glory. You think I care what anybody thinks about me? Hallelujah. Amen. They can do anything they want to. They can spit on my body and kick it. You can't hurt a dead man. The thing about it is I'd like to get that man dead before I go. Hallelujah. So it can be that way. And it's not always that way. It's alive sometimes. And I, I want it to be dead to, the, to those kinds of things. And, and so 
So anyway, that's kind of the idea where I'm coming from and some things I want to share with you, not only mine, but others. Jesus said this, and you know what? If you think that Brother Hughes is tough, and you've heard me preach pretty tough the times we've came here, you ain't got nothing till you get a hold of Jesus. I can show you places here in Matthew, John 5, 6, and 7 where he, he never let up. He just, he, but they say, well, we believe now, and he'd burn them again. I mean... He just, he just, I thought, man, Jesus, you really wanted to get killed, but you knew they couldn't kill you because your time wasn't fulfilled. Hallelujah. I, I wish I knew what time I had. Hallelujah. I'd be different too. Praise God. Amen. Now, <laughs> he said in verse 40, actually, verse, my wife loves these scriptures. I like to put them in just for her. But uh, verse 38, he said, and you have not his word abiding in you. How about that? How would you like for the pastor to get up on Sunday mornings? Been preaching to you 10 years. And Jesus preached much different than any of us will ever preach. He packed it full, brother. He never let nothing fall to the ground. And he said, you don't have the word in you. What a deal. You wouldn't be here next Sunday. You'd get mad. Yeah, you would. you say, well, he's, how dare him to say I don't have the word in me. Well, how do you know when a person don't have the word in you? Because you got it in you, you do it. Huh? You won't fool around and look at it. You'll act upon it when it's really in you. See, a lot of us have head knowledge of it. And I'm talking about when that word really sinks down into your spirit, man, brother, you're going to react. Amen. Hallelujah. Not respond. You're going to react. And maybe you'll respond too, but you're certainly going to, re well, reacting is not really what you want to do. Anyway, responding is what you want to do. But you're going to react and respond. Hopefully you'll react first and then respond later. Better if you respond first, but get all the reaction. Now, and you have not his word abiding in you for whom he hath sent him you believe not. Man. Well, you're talking about somebody standing on the sideline. How? Arrogant. That conceited Jesus. Did they say that about him? I mean, they could have said that. Nobody's saying nothing. He must have had something going. At least they didn't hear, but later on they said, Who are you? He said, I am. <laughs> he told them one time, He said, You're of your father the devil. His works you'll do. How do you like that for apples? Amen. Then he said, uh, Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and there they was testify me. Now, the last 25 years, there's been a lot of emphasis put on the Word, as it should be. There's nothing more powerful than the Word of God. There's nothing has any more pizzazz, if you want to use that word, than the Word of God. There's nothing like the Word of God. It's to teach us and train us, but it's to bring us to where the real life flows from. Hallelujah. Amen. And he says... And he said, you, you search the scriptures, and we, and we should. For in them you think you have eternal life, but they are they who testify or bear witness of me, or we could say it another way, would be one bit different, reveal me. Because the word of God became flesh and dwelt among us, and the purpose of God is this word becoming alive on the inside of us to the point that the person of Jesus is seen. I just heard a, a, a wonderful little illustration. This brother I was talking about was preaching about how they purify silver. And one of the things that they do is they heat it until all of the all of the dross and stuff comes to the top and they root it off and then I forget how what he called that silversmith he's able to look in there and see his the image of him who uh, uh, put the fire under it, or the creator in our case in other words we're to be purified until when they look at us they see Jesus in us nobody but Jesus in us hallelujah amen and that was the point I didn't say that as good as he did but still you get the idea then he said and you will not come to me that you might have life now why what on earth would make a person not want to come to Jesus? Well, maybe the fact that he called them devils and told them they were full of it. Huh? Maybe that was the problem. 
or the fact that he didn't preach to the finesse and they thought he was mad on several occasions. They thought he'd lost his mind. And they thought all different kinds of things and made comments about him and reasoned about him. But who in the world wouldn't... Now, see, we know him to a degree, not anything like we should, but we know him and we, to know him is life. To know him is to love him. Amen. And we have no problem with understanding, but you understand he's talking to people that, that have no clue about what's going on. Even though they're religious, they don't have a clue. He said, you want life, you've got to come to me. Amen. The person of Jesus is the thing that needs to be preached, not the person of some well-known charismatic preacher. Glory. Huh? Yes. Not, not, yeah, it's exactly right, his glory. Hallelujah. It's nobody's glory but his. We can't take it, see? But see, we get that all out of sorts sometimes. And we get, we, you, you think we don't have groupies in the church? All had them. He said, one I'm of Apollos, and one I'm of a Peter, and one I'm of this, and one I'm of that. And he said, who's Apollos? Who's, a, who's Peter? Who are these people? Paul was really coming down on them pretty heavy. Uh, uh, it's Christ. That's the issue. Yes. What are we after? We're looking to present him because he said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. If there's anything we need in the church house, it's not good preaching or some charismatic person. What we need is the drawing power of the Holy Ghost that causes people want to be in the house of God and when they get there, they want to love God with all of their heart and all of their being. Hallelujah. That's what we need in the house of God. We need something to draw us. Draw us unto me and we will run together. Has a little song go, I can't say it, but draw me unto you and we will run together. I tell you, he wants to draw. There's a, there is a magnetism about him once you get in a certain vein and flow. That's why I'm saying to you, you know when he starts issuing forth that, that opportunity uh, to seek him like he did this morning through exhort, exhortive uh, words, uh, he's opening the door. There's a drawing power. You think sin don't have a hold on us? I'll tell you, there's a lot of you stood right here and yes. did not come when you needed to come. I'm not rebuking you. I'm just simply saying to you, the Spirit of God was drawing you. Well, I don't know. I'm a Christian. Everybody might think I'm messed up. I already know, and God does too, that you're messed up. <laughs> Hallelujah. What, I mean, what do you just go get it done, praise God. You won't think 12 seconds about going to the doctor if you're sick. And you get a pain in your side. Hey, Doc. I'm feeling pretty bad. Can I come in? I don't know what's wrong with me, but it needs to be fixed right away. And he'll give you a pill and you'll pop it. You'll be diligent. You'll take it three times a day. You need the gospel and you need it more than three times a day. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. That's right. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, yeah, I am. <laughs> thank you. But thank you anyway. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, uh, <laughs> but I, now listen, boy, he don't stop. He said, you want to come to me you might have life. He just keeps on going, I receive not honor from men. Now, we're going to go to that in a minute. And then he said, but I know you, that you have not the love of God in you. Or, I'm going to say it another way, and I don't think it will take away the meaning. If it is, you forgive me. The love for God in you. We'd say, you can say it the way I think. It would be okay. I have, you, he said, how about that? You know, a lot of people talk about love. We heard things exhorted to us about the love of God this morning. I'm not against that. But the fact of it is, I, don't, I can honestly tell you from the depth of my being that I have a very small revelation of the love of God. And I tell the Lord all the time, I don't know if I love you like I ought to or not. I can't honestly tell you that I do. I want to. It's in my heart, at least. That, you know, I'm, I'm prompted to say to the Lord, I want to love you. I'm trying my best to love you. The only way I know you can actually prove the love of God 
and love for God according to the Word of God is not some little goofy look on your face and some little pat on the back or having one on the back, but it's obeying what God said. Because he said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. That's what he said. See? A lot of folks don't see that. They, they look for all of that emotional feeling that they don't get from whatever else. They don't get it. And really, that, that comes right into that, in, into that arena of wanting the honor of men more than the honor of God. Hallelujah. One of the things that's, a, that's a very hard for a prophetic person is that we are not geared to love people like pastors or other ministries. And that pastor should love people. That's right for that. That's okay. But we're not geared that way. Our love for God. You, you can see it when you study the Old Testament. Elijah, when he called, threw that man on Elisha, and Elisha went nuts. <laughs> Hallelujah, glory to God. This, this plow days are over, thank God. He thought he was going to get into something easy, but he didn't get anything easy. He got to pour water on the hands of the man of God and do every other kind of servitude you could think of. God said, before you go, before you're going to get anything from me, you're going to have to serve. Hallelujah. Amen. And so, and, and he said, Hallelujah, let me go tell my mom and daddy about it. I don't care what you do. Just walked off. He didn't care. When he come to that Mount of Carmel, he didn't care whether they loved God or not. He said, we're going to show you today who is the real God. Wish we could have some of it in our churches. Make a decision. Who are you going to serve today, God or or man, what are you going to do? See, but there's always that within us. See, here's the thing about it. We didn't come into Christianity and the minute we got born again, we a lot of our, our spiritual nature was totally changed. That man doesn't exist anymore. He's dead in Christ. Amen. But the thing that you've got to realize is that every emotional and physical trait you have is still intact. And it has to be washed out by the Word of God or renewed by the Word of God. And many of us, myself included, came into the body of Christ with a lot of hang-ups in my life that needed to be rectified by the Word of God. And if we have insecurity or any sense of rejection on the inside of us, then we're willing to do anything necessary in order to be accepted of men. But the first thing that you've got to understand is that you need to be accepted by God, which He says we are in Christ. But there is that working out of that acceptance that He's given us. Hallelujah. You know, I can't earn my salvation. And how well I know that. And I've tried a thousand times over and it don't work. You can't earn it. It's paid for in full. I like that little song I've been singing a lot. Like, he paid a debt. He did not owe. I owed a debt. I could not pay. I needed someone to wash my sins away. And now I sing a brand new song, Amazing Grace. Christ Jesus paid a debt that I could never pay. Hallelujah. Amen. Woo, glory to God. That's exciting to me. Hallelujah. Makes you want to love him. Hallelujah. But there's sometimes that he tells you to do things that love for him really gets challenged. Are you out there? Yes. Hallelujah. He said, I know you. You don't have the love of God in you or the love. What a statement to say to people who have been religious, man. They are templeites. If there is such a critter. I mean, they're everywhere. You know, you can't find a Jew that's not a Pharisee or a Sadducee. In this, I'm talking about the Bible people. Hallelujah. And he said, you don't love God. Now, brother, that's grounds for termination. <laughs> you know, you love God, you'll get accused not loving people sometimes. You know that? 
Yeah, you will. And I'm sure if you look real close at the Word of God, you'll see that's true. Because they accused him. They said, well, they didn't even bother to say, you don't love people. They said, you got a devil in you. What a deal. God, I mean, it's a battle of words and Jesus is going to win. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And receive not the honor from men, but I know you that you have not the love of God or for God. And you can say it that way. I don't think it'll hurt. If it does, well, just say it this way. This is the best way. I'm come in my Father's name. Now, here's the one that really gets me. And you receive me not. Jesus, I don't know whatever makes us think that everybody's going to receive us because they're not going to. And if we have a problem needing the praise and honor of men to fortify a weakness in our life, we're going to get greatly disappointed. And especially us who are ministers, we're going to, we have been greatly disappointed because not everybody wanted to receive us. We come, our intentions were honorable. We didn't have no intents to ever do anything. You know, you have to stand up here on Sunday morning sometimes as a pastor and, and say some things you don't want to say and you'd like for everybody to accept it. But there'll be some that don't do it. They're going to get mad and never come back. Shamey, shamey. But that's what happens. You know, you can't do anything about it. You'd like to say, listen, I didn't mean what you thought I meant. And sometimes they'll give you that opportunity. But most of the time when you talk to them, it's like pecking on wood. Because the head ruled, not heart ruled. <laughs> it's a little story that kind of I, I, I brought along. I didn't know exactly what point I put it in, but I like this. I got this out of a, a book, and I just copied it off. And it says, picture with me, if you will, a beautiful, well-groomed German shepherd dog brimming with uh, vitality and strength. He's been brought to a training school for a nine-weeks course in preparation for police duty. Lessons in obedience are necessary before he can be of any value in this assignment. Watch the trainer as he takes a stick and throws it out into an open field with the command, fetch. That great dog takes off in a cloud of dust, grabs the stick and trots back triumphantly. When the trainer throws a purse in the same command, with the same command, again the trainee is off almost as soon as the purse is in the air. There is seemingly no thought, that's a point now, of should I or should I not. No thought, don't think about it. Of course dogs, I don't know how they reason. You know how dogs reason, but people have a much higher intelligence, so we are, and reason's our problem. Maybe we ought to be like a dog. In some cases, you know what I'm saying? Just don't think, disobey. And he said, instead, the immediate reaction is, there it goes, here I go. <laughs> the Lord said, so take off. I don't know where, but let's just take off. He said, go, so let's go. Let's go do something. Then after several runs, the officer throws the purse once, once more. Now he follows the act with the command, heal. He said, this requires some shifting of gears. The dog almost ruptures a blood vessel trying to follow the chain's command. So many times he has gone off after the object that obedience to the order to stay demands an act of definite effort and discipline. Isn't that a powerful little old story? Well, that's kind of how we are sometimes. Right in here. And I don't know exactly what provoked me to think that, but obedience is a real key issue. It's easy to follow the popular. It's easy to follow that which seems to be the right thing without taking the time to find out if it really is. It's easy to give honor to people like that because, after all, they're going to give us praise. Hallelujah. Who don't like it? We all like it. But see, if we've got that censored, then just because folks have praised me, and I've found this over the years, don't necessarily mean they love me. Well, I mean, I hate to tell you that. I, I know that may bust your bubble. 
But it's absolutely the truth. Just because somebody loves you, to say they love you, don't mean they love you. It's with, when they're with you in the trenches. When they don't give up on you when you're a stupid foul up. Thank God I've got a few. I, I can, my my father-in-law used to say you can count all your friends on one hand. I, I don't even know if I need all of it. <laughs> you know. no, it's not quite that bad, but the fact of it is, you know, it is, you go through life very limited sometimes with real friends that will, will, will say to you the things you need to hear and will not let your person or any power that you may, or persuasion you may have, alter what they need to say to you. Now listen, I, 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 you know, that's why I want you to understand what I said right up front. I'm not, this is not an agenda. This is just simply something the Lord's put in my heart because I watch groupies, group around TV evangelists who may or may not be anointed. Not everything that says it's anointed is anointed and anybody that's coming portraying their own selves and promoting their own selves. It's an interesting thing. I'm going to go to you in a minute. You'll see it. It's an interesting thing to watch them. Just group around that. Man, they, I don't know what they think they're going to get out of it. Well, they say, give to me. Now, this is one of my little pet peeves, so bear with my folly for a little bit. Uh, give to me and I guarantee you a hundredfold. You didn't guarantee it. God guaranteed it. Nobody I know can guarantee that except on the basis of the word and what they need to say is I ain't guaranteeing it or that if they don't say it in quite those words they implicate it. What I think is going on is a stealing of something that actually belongs to God because when the return comes you don't go back and praise the man you go back and praise God from whom all glory from whom all power flows. Is that right? There was one man in the Bible the Bible talked about him out of ten there was only one who turned back and sought out Jesus Christ and gave him the honor and glory. Jesus is talking about himself. He said, somebody comes in his own name, him you receive. I come in my Father's name, preaching and telling you the truth. You don't want to come to me because you don't have the love of God in you. That's really the way he's saying it. Hallelujah. Man, man I don't want to be in that shoe. <laughs> you know, there's been some times I went to Jesus and I didn't want to hear what he had to say. I got down, Lord, what's the problem? He said, you have to seek him sometimes. He won't tell you. He's something about him. He's funny like that. He won't tell you right away. He'll make you find out whether you really want it or not. Because he knows what he's going to say to you. And if you don't really want it, you won't take it when he says it. I heard this man of God say, I, maybe my wife might have to help me on this. I can't remember exactly because we were listening to this tape coming in. 20, he's been in the ministry probably 50 years now. But this was when he was about 28 years in the Lord. And he said, I woke up in the middle of the night knowing God wanted me to get up and go seek him. So I got up and went down in a, you know, in a certain area of the house and was seeking the Lord. He said, I hadn't hit my knees just a few minutes and the Lord said to him something like this. I, I, it's not the exact word, but something to this. He said, I've done a lot more in you, but I've had very little access in your life in the last 28 years. Man, I don't know what that does for you, brother, but I, I almost wanted to pull the car off the road, bless God, wherever I was at, get over in the weeds and pray for about an hour and a half. Because I all of a sudden got a revelation he don't have very much access to mine either. He was talking in the, uh, he was talking about character, which we're going to talk a little bit about here in a minute, which is a very vital, important part of the uh, of what we're saying, having character. Well, we need it. We, we, you know, I used to get kind of repulsed back years ago when they'd say something, well, we don't need the gifts of the Spirit, we need the fruit of the Spirit. The fact is we need both and they work together. It's the Spirit. A lot of people prophesy and some will prophesy. In fact, it'd be better to say it another way. A lot of people prophesy and very few will prophesy. 
because to prophesy what the Lord is saying is not always as nice and as friendly as it was this morning. <laughs> Sometimes God wants you to say that when you study the Bible, there were prophets that had to say and do some things because God said for them to do it and, wasn't, and, they had, and the true test of the pudding was in the weather that was going to eat what God said. What was it one of them? He said, uh, one of the prophets, I believe it was Ezekiel Jeremiah, he said, here's a scroll, eat it. In my mouth, he said, it was sweet as honey. But when it hit my spirit, it was bitter. Because to speak as the oracles of God puts it in a perspective uh, from God's point of view, how does God really look at you and I? I don't know. He loved it. Never will you ever change the love of God. Of the blood.